to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome back to the Stateside Soccer Show. I am not the host. Uh, the host is here. The host is is here. I've, I've taken over. Jordan, it's a it's a Logan takeover. What do they call it? It's takeover Tuesday with Logan. He's just oh yeah, it is Tuesday he's too. Completely just taking over the show. I told Jordan it's mine now. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Uh, I I can't remember the last time I hosted a podcast. Like unless it was myself. So this be yeah fun. probably. Um, <laughs> I was like, I think I, I think the last time I hosted it was definitely with Jordan here. I just don't remember when that podcast would have been. But it may have been yeah. the show well, too. It may have been in like a day I wasn't feeling well or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was one where you had like something where you couldn't quite talk, but yeah. Um but here we are. We we've done it. We made it, Jordan. Um Logan has has done it. He's introed it. So that was it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um yeah, so a lot to talk about today, Jordan. Um, we were texting back and forth, I know, um, and we have uh, quite a bit to get into. But before we get into that, Jordan, how's everything going? How are you doing? It's going all right. It's going all right. Lots to talk about today. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jordan, there's a vibe around the city here. Uh, there's there? a certain player coming to town this weekend. Um, and it's not Santa Claus. It is actually Lionel Messi. Um, Messi's heading into town, Jordan, for a uh, little little Florida Derby, little uh, I four connector. Oh, Sunday, I yes, nine ninety five. Yeah, so Sunday, uh, I think it's seven thirty. We get to see Lionel Messi, uh, Jordan. I saw tickets today because I'm on the Orlando City like mm-hmm. ticket exchange page. <laughs> Somebody had their tickets for sale. Two tickets for uh, sixteen thousand oh, dollars. Um, each so or for I both. Don't, so both, 8000 Oh, it's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. Um, but no, yeah, uh, $16,000. Uh, I think they're going to have to come down the asking price. I think you can get them on Ticketmaster um, for not that expensive. Uh, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how the city reacts. I'm interested to see what it does to the city. If I can notice any traffic as I'm driving around this weekend, just because it's a massive get uh, to get messy here. So If he plays, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I think... Well, we can get into that. I guess I was going to ask you which topic you wanted to start with, but I think we're already in the messy thing, elbow deep. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of recap games uh, a little bit later, but we're going to get into some headlines. Jordan, let's start with Lionel Messi. Um, besides awful-looking pizza, uh, there was uh, quite a bit of controversy on Twitter, quite a bunch of controversy in the league. Um, I want to get your thoughts on it just because, you know, we're, we can give, a, I think, an unbiased perspective um, here. 
uh, a lot of fans sold, sold out uh, fan uh, or sorry, sold out crowd at Mercedes Benz, which is Atlanta United's home. Messi, uh, there was some rumors going around that he was not going to be traveling with the club. They were all confirmed uh, and he actually did not uh, travel. He actually stayed home over the weekend and watched his kids play in the academy uh, in Miami. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts, Jordan, on just the messy debacle. Um, does the league owe them anything? The, do, do you think that, you know, the Atlanta United fans are owed anything as far as I know some people are looking for refunds. They were upset with the league because of all that. What are your thoughts on the uh, cat, not the cat, but the messy, uh, I guess, debacle in Atlanta? I mean, this is this is what happens when you have professional <laughs> sports, right? Uh, especially in a sport like this where they can play for their country too. So Messi had just got back from international duty where he played and hasn't had a rest since he started in Miami. Um, I think it's fair for him to take a break. I think it's even more fair for him to be at his kids games uh, through the Academy. And if you're Miami's Academy, you're hoping he never moves from Miami. So that way you keep them in your Academy (laughs) and maybe able to build off the messy legacy that way. But for anybody asking for refunds or stuff, I think that's ridiculous. You you bought tickets to see Inter Miami play. Not uh, they didn't market it as Messi coming to town, really. From what I could see, it's almost the same thing of when like tickets went up around the league when he signed, even though like he wasn't going to start until League's Cup. But like the union tickets, everyone was buying those for like the end of June, and you're like, he's not going to play. He's not even over here yet. But people were buying tickets up. And, you know, he, he deserves a break every so often. He's 35 years old. It's going to be tough for him. To, and you want him, obviously, you're Miami. You want him to play, right? Because these are big games. But they also have five games in 15 days starting tomorrow. Uh, so you also don't want to burn him out when you're going to have to use him in those five days. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start against Toronto this midweek. I think they probably do save him for Orlando. Maybe he comes on halftime or something or 60th minute if Miami is needing a goal or something. But if Miami is comfortably up, I could even see him maybe sitting more of that. Uh, Yeah, so I think there's a lot that played into it. I, I don't think... Like, obviously, if I bought a ticket for Lakers-Wizards preseason i'm hoping that by the time the season comes around i'm seeing lebron but if he's injured or if he needs a rest day there's a chance that may not happen right and uh i don't think i get the right to try to get a refund because of that um i understand it's disappointing for for atlanta fans for sure i'm sure they were thinking oh yeah let's go see you know the greatest of all time but you just never can guarantee, especially I would say maybe they could have been smarter and looked at the fact that it's right after an international break and realized that he wasn't going to play. Yeah. I think coming off, um, obviously, I mean, I'm coming off a, a, uh, leagues cup, um, and running the gauntlet there, uh, and collecting trophies. Um, and 
I, I think a team that's getting back into the swing of it, um, obviously look good in all competitions. Haven't Jordan, they didn't lose, uh, for two months straight in all competitions. Uh, and I think, you know, it, Miami fans are excited, especially Miami fans that do live in Atlanta. Uh, there, I'm just assuming there are a ton of them, uh, just because Atlanta is a huge uh, metropolitan, especially if you're not from the States or don't know much about Atlanta. Atlanta is like the LA of the East Coast. Um, it is very similar in the vibe. Um, it's got uh, a lot of diversity. It's going to have a lot of uh, fans that do watch Argentinian soccer, football, um, and you know, a lot of people are clamoring to see Messi, and I get the disappointment, and I get the fact that there were probably a lot of people going on and buying those, you know, secondary market tickets where you've got Ticketmaster and StubHub, you've got season ticket holders that just wanted the money. I mean, <laughs> kudos to the people that that are able to sell that and not watch Messi. Um, I, I don't know what boat I'd have been in. Um, I, people are probably like, you're a fake fan if you don't go watch Messi play. Um, but how tempting would it have been just to turn that, you know, ticket into a profit? It, it just... You know, I think there's a lot of that too, where people were buying tickets off of people for four or five hundred dollars a person, which is really unusual in MLS. Um, so I, I get it, I, and I know, you know, where that frustration comes from. But again, like like you said, I think basketball is the best example that we can give people. So if you're a fan of the NBA, the NBA is uh, notorious for sitting people out. Um, they've actually started to come up with rules to regulate that. Uh, if you've got a certain number of people uh, sitting, then there's a certain number of people that can't play in the play. Like, yeah, crazy. but I, I would say what I would say with that too is that the NBA is so much more load management recently. That's true. Um, before he used to be, I mean, this is so far the only game Messi's missed, right? So yeah. like that's where I find it ridiculous, right? Like it's not like LeBron sitting out ten out of eighty some games or you know whatever. Um, or more than that. It's kind of been an increasing thing in the NBA recently of almost every other day, right? One of their stars is on a load management off day. Yeah. And it, it did. It led to a lot of speculation, right? Um, about some of these international players and some of these big stars coming over to the United States since it's starting to happen in bunches. There's a concern uh, and there's a legit concern that a lot of these players will not want to play on artificial turf. They don't want to play on turf as far as the field's concerned. Um, I hate to break it to a lot of those those players, but most of the uh, World Cup uh, games, unless they come down hard on it with a rule that they need to put grass in or something stupid or that goes over the field, which I don't think is possible, <laughs> Um there's going to be a lot of games played on turf. A lot of the big stadiums that are going to host some of these World Cup games are on turf. And there's a lot of people that think that these stars will, they're, they're very reluctant to want to play because we've seen what it does in the NFL. Uh, if you're a big, uh, you know, we're talking about all the sports today. Um, if you're a big NFL fan, that's where all of our World Cup games are going to be in those stadiums because our soccer stadiums here don't have uh, the attendance um, nor the capacity to fit all those fans. So a lot of these players are going to be playing on an artificial turf. The World Cup final will be on artificial turf if it's in Jerry. It won't so, actually though. They, they, they have no. Not? They have a deal that they have to play on real grass for FIFA. Oh, yeah, so really? they'll either lay it oh, over wow. top or they're going to rip <laughs> up the turf. So so this is what that'll be wild. This is what kind of is the issue with the NFL right now is the NFL players are saying. All right, if you're going to rip it up anyway for 2026 and put grass, then why don't we just all shift to grass? 
right? Like, because if, if, if you're going to do that for FIFA, because FIFA allows it and it's better for their players, then why aren't we doing that for our players and our league in the NFL? I do think at some point there probably will be a push from the NFL to go back to regular grass. Uh, turf causes too much injuries. We know that now. Um, so, yeah, that's where kind of the NFL players are coming from. So then you also have that with like the stars that come over like Messi. Some of those players in the past have never played on turf, right? But Messi said that wouldn't be a problem. Now he sat out. Now, I don't think he sat out because of the turf. Right, like I think it's because of he he just played so many games and they have five in fifteen days. That's five in two weeks if you want to make it sound even shorter than fifteen days. Fifteen days is two weeks and a day, and they're gonna have to play. They usually play two games in that span, maybe sometimes three. They're gonna be playing five plus, and one of those is a cup final. So there's a lot to make him rest for. Right. Uh, and he just traveled from international duty. So I think it has more to do with that. But then you started seeing people bring up the turf debate again. And I think obviously if the NFL ever switches from turf, that'll help. That'll help the teams that share a stadium with the NFL. And I think Twelman said there's actually a rumor or he feels pretty confident. I think it was that Portland may be moving from a turf field as well. Uh, now they don't have another person in their stadium like a like a football team, so they can do whatever they want. Uh, but you know some of these teams like Revs, right, have turf. Mercedes Benz has turf. And now, like even see what Real Madrid's doing with their new stadium or their new makeover is they have ways to like fold it up and have this mechanic mechanic thing, you know, to pull the grass up, almost like Arizona, right? Arizona. Cardinals have their field like outside and then they like bring it in. There's ways to get around that stuff now that maybe these stadiums would be able to implement or a new stadium when they get a new stadium. And I, I am thinking that at some point though, the NFL is probably going to realize they don't need turf. And if that keeps the stars healthy and make them more money because a player like hunt doesn't get injured even though that wasn't a turf issue, right? But players like Aaron Rodgers, who who kind of sparked this debate again because of his injury due to turf and the NFLPA sent out a whole thing, then that's ultimately going to benefit our league, and then it's also going to benefit the players that come over from Europe, and they'll probably play in more of these stadiums. I did wonder, though, like as the FIFA president, I could, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name. I never get it right. Infantino. Um, Thank you. Um, as he's sitting there in Jerry's house, because uh, he was there on Sunday, um, watching the game. He got booed. I'm too. assuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did get booed. Uh, I think anywhere he goes in the United States, they'll just boo him. Um, he just looks like a super villain, though, doesn't he? Like, he just looks like a villain. So even if you didn't know who he was, you'd He's a Bond him. villain, for he's sure. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, he really, yes, he is definitely. Definitely that guy that's got the gun up the sleeve. Kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. yeah. Uh, he definitely feels like that. But. Uh, he's sitting there. He's definitely getting wooed. Jerry's given given him all of the uh, the loving, which I just can't imagine how slimy that was. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, but I, I'd love to see him and Robert Kraft and um, Stephen Ross get together and just have a, a weird like kind of sly fest or whatever they do. But um, yeah, no, they, he was there watching the game. 
I wondered if Jerry threw enough money at him, he would go, oh, no, they'll play on, they'll play on turf. No, 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 they'll play. Like, I get FIFA mm-hmm. has their rules. But I can only imagine, especially with how rich some of these American owners are, if they threw money at him, he'd go, ah, it's fine. I we, doubt it. And the that. only reason I would doubt that is because even like CONCACAF tournaments and stuff, they'll put they'll put sod on top of the on top yeah, of the stuff. True. So I don't think that's a big problem for Jerry. I don't think he's like in this like anti grass movement, you know, I think mm. or pro turf movement. Big anti grass. Yeah, guy. I don't yeah. think he's like part of big turf or anything. <laughs> he's um, invested <laughs> in turf. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if that'll be as much of a an issue as yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was a very interesting uh, conversation. Messi not playing. Messi had probably the worst pizza I've ever seen in my life. It's supposed to be Argentinian, so I do apologize for anybody that's listening. Goes that looks like good pizza. Um, that did not look like pizza. It looked like bread with tomato slices on it. I don't know what the hell that was, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jordan, they did get beat five to two. Uh, Atlanta looked yeah. really good. Um, Miles Robinson looks excellent. Uh, just watching his form. Um, it's it's good because the U.S. men's national team, uh, I think, with Tim Ream still kind of lingering around, uh, that handoff is is supposed to be the next center back. We're a little worried. Like, I, I remember we had discussion, and we'll kind of transition in the U.S. men's national team, I guess, next. Um, but Miles Robinson, I mean, we had concerns before he went down with that Achilles injury last year where we thought that, uh, seriously, we thought Tim Ream's the better center back. So if you're going to play him next to Tim Ream, that works. Uh, but then you also have a clock jam there of just, it just, it seems like there's a lot of players in that position and miles stepping up um, looks really good for Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, what currently sits, I've had the standings pulled up in the way, sixth Six, uh, yeah. in the Eastern conference, 45 points tied with Columbus crew who had, uh, I thought three points in hand against Orlando, but uh, Atlanta looks good. Miami loses Jordan and that puts them, um, at 28 points, they do have 27 games played, so they do they do have a couple of games in hand on a couple of teams ahead of them, including DC United, who sit ninth. Um, but Jordan, is, is this? Uh, I guess we'll ask this before we move on to U.S. Men's National Team transition that way, um, and then we'll leave uh, the bigger story I think towards the end. Um, but uh, as far as Inter Miami, does this kind of does this completely exhaust any kind of effort that they had going forward to try to get to the playoffs? Are they still okay? Do you feel like, nah, they still got it in the bag as long as Messi comes back? Because there is some doubt now that he doesn't play midweek um, and then has to turn right back around and play an Orlando team that's its second in the supporter shield. Well, what you're hoping, if you're Miami, is the Toronto game, you don't even need them, right? Toronto's been so bad. They haven't even really improved since they fired Bob. So, and Herdman's not taken over until near the end of the season, right? So, or like the end or the beginning of next season. So, if you're Miami, you're thinking, okay, if we can get the win against Toronto, even without using Messi or using Messi for the whole game, then I think they feel pretty darn good. Now, again, they will have to go up against Orlando, but if Messi's playing along with his friends, you know, um, I'm thinking they look better than any team we've seen so far this season. So, you know, they've beat teams like Cincinnati and stuff. So I, so I do think that that'll probably be 
okay, I think they have a chance still. I think this was kind of like they can probably only afford to lose one or maybe one more. Uh, they have to probably win out the rest or at least not lose again if they want a chance. Uh, they didn't have the DC result go their way, I don't think, because before they had two games in hand with six points, with DC above six points. They're now, what, DC's now above seven or eight points? Uh, they are seven points up. So you lost a point there. You know, you were, you were, you were within six. They still have two games in hand though. So it's still a possibility. Two games in hand would put them at, you know, if they win both of those would put them only one point behind DC. You would think DC is probably slipping up again and maybe you're able to jump in. Uh, I would say, while I'm sure they want to get into the playoffs and, and make a run here, winning the League's Cup like they did, getting in the Champions League, and the fact that they're in a U.S. Open final, I would be prioritizing the U.S. Open Cup final, probably, to get that second trophy just to show your fans and you know or the world, hey, we're a winning team right now. It's going to help recruit later on, too. You know, if they get a fourth DP spot like they want to in the league, you know, Antoine Griezmann keeps saying he wants to come over to MLS. <laughs> That'd be another Barcelona uh, player coming over to this team, though, if they can afford that, or he goes to a different team. But I think they have a shot still. It's just uh, they probably can't afford to lose another game. Yeah, I love this. Um it's such a great storyline. Uh, you got what seven? Yes, yeah, seven games left, um, and you've kind of put them up with that. You really can't afford to drop points unless you really rely on the fact that there's going to be teams in front of you that also go on a horrible stretch where they don't hardly win. <laughs> so I, I think it's it's good. It's it's a good storyline. I'm excited for it because again, I think the Eastern Conference is a really exciting conference. Uh, you look at its counterpart in the West. While it is kind of close now between teams, there's going to be some decision day games. I just think the West is so weak and so vulnerable. Um, your best teams are in the Eastern Conference. And I'm talking like 49 points is where St. Louis sits. The next best team in the West is 43 points with LAFC. That would be good for seventh place, Jordan, in the Eastern Conference. They would be uh, kind of in that cusp of not the wild card kind of thing that they're doing. So it'll be interesting to see what Miami does. But before we get back into MLS stuff, I did want to kind of touch on the U.S. men's national team just because we're, it's not a whole lot to talk about, but there is some stuff to talk about in the fact that Greg Berhalter's second stint with the U.S. men's national team is currently underway. And uh, the U.S. sits 2-0, Jordan, 7 to nothing combined against Oman and Uzbekistan. I wouldn't say the most dominating performances, um, but I will say I think there's some things that we can kind of talk about that are a little bit intriguing to me um, in the fact that, and especially um, as people are more expert than I, uh, when it comes to formation and the way that it kind of looked, that shape that it looked, there was a lot of discussion, Jordan, that 4-3-3 um, is typically what Greg goes with, but it did kind of have that remnants of like a 
you know, it was not quite a 4-3-3. It kind of broke down into like a 4-2-3-1 where it looked more like Balagoon was kind of that spear point where he was operating with more midfielder, more attacking midfield players. He also had some kind of link-ups in the midfield where it seemed like they really were relying on him as a centerpiece of uh, an attack that Greg doesn't typically do that because we never really had that that striker depth. But now that we've got Balagoon, it looks like he's, he's tinkering with it. And they've asked him about it and he said... Yeah, we're trying to find out what works for Balagoon. Jordan, that is a totally, totally different temperature than what we got with U.S. men's national team at the World Cup. If you, and Jordan, you were the one that really beats on this drum uh, harder than anybody I think that I see. If you tweeted about this stuff, you would be the guy, Jordan, they would all attack because they're like, or they would love because you are the one that always talked about. Why are we continuing to try to fit into a formation that Greg's likes? rather than fitting into the players and the system that the players best fit. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Why is it so important? What are, you know, what should fans expect if we do start to see him kind of shift? And why were you kind of a proponent of switching up more of a player-centered attack and formation rather than the system? Well, what I'll say too is that's a lot of hyperbole about this. (laughs) Shocker, right? I saw, you know... Okay, so there's an account that people have been following since the World Cup, right, called 29 or whatever. Supposedly a friend of Weston McKinney's who who drops little nuggets and about how Balagoon was so pissed. That's why he was blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's overreacting. Well, we can't lose Balagoon, so, like, we need to um, fire Greg, right? And it's like, chill out. Uh, managers and players can have disagreements. That's totally fine. Uh, I'm sure he was probably pissed off, probably because he came out of the game or, you know, whatever. Doesn't mean there's trouble in paradise. And let me just remind people, too, that we don't actually know if this guy's connected to the team or not. And if you want to say he is and he's connected to McKenny, let's not remember, let's not forget McKenny's dad, who's very pro Greg and was constantly posting during the world cup about how Greg, how he loves how this guy has the, you know, the, the players fight and stuff, uh, which I seem to think was an indict indictment on the Reynas. I, I think, I think at that point, McKenny's dad probably knew what was going on, obviously, right. They're probably dealing with the other parent. And is probably showing his support to Greg uh, that way. So, who am I going to trust more knowing what's going on? McKenny's dad or some guy that thinks he's connected to them, right? So, so there's stuff to do with that. Um, uh, I like having, you know, fit your system to the players you have, right? Stop trying to put square pegs in round holes, right? It's pretty much what you're trying to do if you're making a formation out of players that can't do the formation. Also, let's just say, I don't care if Balagoon doesn't like how he was used. We have three years until the World Cup. We have time to do as much experimenting as we want. All these U.S. fans that are like, let's fire Greg right now. It's like, do you not realize we have tons of time to figure out how this works? You know, the the federation is not just going to turn around and be like, oh, you're right. One month after rehiring them, we're going to fire them. For better or worse, they rehired Greg. And it seems like the players like that. So at this point, we just got to get behind it and not also have a meltdown 
when we beat a team 4-0. I mean, you thought we would have lost by the way people were reacting to these games. And I know that we want these teams to be playing better opponents. I do too. And hopefully that'll come as we get closer to the World Cup. But I also don't mind playing a team like Oman or, you know, whoever we're playing and getting some practice in with new tactics and new people and new players this early. We still have two and a half years, right? Like we can build up to the harder opponents. I don't want to go out there and get like my ass kicked by Germany each, each month, you know, like that's no fun either. So, you know, it'll be an experience for sure. We'll, we'll see how it goes, uh, going here, but you know, I I like the idea of experimenting, seeing what we got. The result actually doesn't matter in these friendlies right now. We're so far out. Some of these players are not even going to be suited up in 2026, Let's see what they're working on. Let's see what they're doing. Yeah, Jordan, those same fans that are complaining about our competition, who we have Slater, they're same fans that are watching Alabama beat up on, like, Delaware State um, first season. Right. Oh, I think we got a team this year. (laughs) It's like, what is happening? Uh, Jordan, the next two games U.S. Men's National Team have are against said Germany uh, and Ghana, two World Cup teams. Um, Germany, a very good team, and Ghana, a team that we've struggled against in the in the historical past of uh, U.S. men's national team lore. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I think, like you said, Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams kind of playing a box-to-box midfield with Eunice Musa kind of joining in the attack with Timothy Weah, Kristen Pulisic with a spearhead of Balagun. There's a lot to like about what you're seeing. I think there, and then defensively, I think just we've got a lot of young, talented guys defensively. I think it just it's going to work. I think we've defended really well. We defend really well in the World Cup. I think it's going to continue to be that same kind of thing. I think Greg, while he is, uh, I think genius and tactical in the fact that he likes to possess the ball, um, he also really likes to defend. I think Greg's a big proponent of defense, which Jordan probably likes, um, because I know Jordan's a big defense kind of guy, but. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought 2.0 Greg, he learned from his, and I do, I think Greg is, is finally being receptive to some of the feedback criticism that he's gotten, which I am all for. He said there was an intensity in this camp, Jordan, that didn't really exist in the last couple of camps. I think a lot of that is just a lot of young guys wanting to fight for positioning because they know they've got positions that are open. And I think that comes off of a world cup where you see some of the holes the U S men's national team has. A lot of that in that midfield where if you can be a good mid attacking midfielder that can create chances, you're going to get on the pitch because that's what uh, I think we severely lacked at times was just that. And then that person getting on the end of it. So I think a good showing for U.S. Men's National Team. It is, again, guys that are just getting into the mix. Uh, first time that they've all played together with Balagoon. So uh, I think we're happy with the result on this side, um, which people probably come after us for. But anyway, we move on, uh, Jordan. Um what do we want to cover next? Do we want to cover league or do we want to get into more of like the storyline? Um, I know that uh, Bruce is one that we'll have to get into. Do we have another one? Uh, just for some real quick hits here. I have inner Miami, you know, they signed Capania to a contract extension. Oh yeah. So that's good. Uh, White caps have signed junior Hoylet from Reading. Uh, Alan Polito has signed a DP contract with sporting KC. Um, those are pretty much just some quick uh, things that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I guess let's get into the Bruce stuff now because it, there's a lot to kind of dig through and sift through. Um, and I know you'll have more, you have more experiences obviously with Bruce um, and just his past. Um, we'll try not to speculate as much as possible here. Um, Kaylin Kyle didn't fare very well off of the back end of that one. Um, yeah, that was a shot. Uh, and so we'll talk about Bruce. So Jordan, Bruce Arena has officially resigned as New England Revolution coach and sporting director. He announced uh, Saturday, September 9th. On July 30th, Jordan, he was placed on the administrative leave, leaving uh, all of us confused. Um, a guy who I I considered and a lot of people have considered just reading through and everybody knows Bruce, a, a consummate pro and just a, a guy that puts his head down and, and he loves the game. He loves to coach. Um, a lot of us left scratching our head, Jordan. MLS released the following statement in light of that decision as a result of the investigation, which confirmed certain of these or confirmed certain of these allegations should arena wish to pursue future employment within MLS. He must first submit a petition to the commissioner. Uh, MLS is committed to the safe and welcoming work environments and expects all employees of the league and its clubs to conduct themselves appropriately within the workplace. Jordan, I'll ask you about the MLS statement first. Um, they confirmed the allegations were correct. Um, and I know that you kind of have more as far as like what they've dug up a little bit, but um, just kind of your thoughts, like what, what are your thoughts on Bruce um, and, and the league coming down saying, you know, if he wants to work in this league again, he has to go through the commissioner and he has to submit that kind of a letter of like intent where he wants to coach again. I don't really know what to think of it because MLS hasn't told us <laughs> anything, right? Like that's, yeah. that's kind right. of, the unfortunate truth here, and when you see some of the people that have sided with Bruce and all of that uh, and his history in the league, and when you hear – so it, it's not like he said this to a player. Apparently what we found out is that whatever he said was said to the uh, a coach, Richie Williams who is his assistant coach, has been his assistant coach through many different jobs in MLS. So these are old friends, right? So it's it's also, I think that's a little different, right? And apparently at this point, he had already decided he was moving on from Richie Williams uh, being a part of the team next year. Uh, I don't know if a fight broke out in the sense of like, Richie was upset about this or upset about something else. And you know, he said something he shouldn't have ha said, or he said something that somebody twisted, or, you know, this is probably why it took so long, too, is there's probably only the two of them in the room, or maybe maybe an additional person in the room. And why else would it take this long to investigate, right? Um. So I guess in that regard, it's like, since we don't know what was said, I can't say Bruce is an awful guy. Uh, you know, uh, there's player, there's staff like Shaori Joseph, who's a revolution legend. As soon as Bruce resigned, he asked to be let out of his contract because he likes Bruce. Right. So to me, in my opinion, I'm not like, this is like, did, did Richie Williams bring this up to MLS to, he was then named head coach, interim coach. And then the players refused training, right? 
And then they said, well, we never actually said he was going to be coached the whole rest of the season. We've now pivoted to somebody else, but this was still the plan the whole time. And that's BS. I'm sorry, that's BS. If you say we're getting ready, the, the statement is something like we're getting ready for the rest of the season and Richie Williams will lead us the way. And then you're like, actually, I never said for the whole season. Uh, he made it one week, not even. And now, you know, I'm getting somebody else. This was always the plan. No, that's BS. Uh, they absolutely know that once uh, once that happened and the uproar, right, from fans and the players, I'm sure it led them to rethink that and, uh, you know, put them in the position they're in now, which is not great. Uh, they, they still don't really have much going on <laughs> they had Tav Romos join as an assistant coach right now but I, I don't know so I mean in my opinion there's a lot of people that stuck up for Bruce that have known him for so long I'm more inclined to believe his version of events of whatever happened we don't even know what he said um I sometimes have a hard time thinking it's racial because Shaori Joseph is also African-American. So I don't think he would stick up for Bruce if that was the case. So I, I don't really know. And nobody will ever know until 20 years from now when the book comes out, I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, if he has to submit a letter to the commissioner, I would assume that he's probably never getting employed by major league soccer again. Clint, I think it's Clint P-E-P-A. I don't know how to say the guy's last name. Let's just take it over. Um, it's P-E-A-Y. I don't even know. Would that be P-A uh, for their head? I, I don't know. I was looking up a pronunciation. I have no idea how to know. So we'll just call him Clint for now. Um, he was the Revs 2 coach. Jordan, This the part that really confused me, like you said, not only was it an extension of like we, we want Richie Williams to be the head coach, Players seem to read really against that. That tweet came out where they were like, no, we're not practicing. And then other players were like, no, we did practice or no, like it was just a decision to rest. There's a lot of confusion. Like I, I even the players, I don't even, I think the players just didn't know if they had practice. There was also somebody else coming out, <laughs> a reporter that came out and said that Bruce had his assistant sign NDAs. And then Shaori Joseph, yes. who is an assistant came out and said, that's BS. That's, so yeah. It's a lot of stuff going around. Nobody actually knows what happened. It's just a circus at this point. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it has felt that way. I mean, ever since that he went on administrative leave, it has felt like if, if you and I called it, we're like, yeah, it, like it's gotten to a point now. It's, it's too long now. They're, they're going to let it go. It just had that feeling uh, about it. We didn't know what was said. We're not going to speculate as to what was said, but like, it is. It's interesting to me. Um, and there seems to be a lot of this going on lately where assistant coaches or friends that have been friends forever that we just talked about, Greg Berhalter, like, seems like people are really willing to kind of turn on each other in this league um, and in this country. I don't know what it is about the climate in which things are built now or what it is that that exposes people to say yeah. this stuff or things are recorded or what the hell it is. But it does. It seems like a lot of backstabbing lately. Um, so that's getting wild out there. Um I, I will say it, it, and maybe, you know, I've watched the Crafts operate the Patriots. Nothing about their organization is clean. Nothing. Like, they have a dirty organization. They hide behind curtains. This doesn't quite shock me. Like, this, like, 
MLS is never transparent, but like you put the crafts and involve the crafts in this, nothing is going to get out. Yeah, of Yeah, people could like, say not- MLS is not transparent, but to be honest, I don't think any any league would be no transparent league. about this. Yes, about this. Yeah, I just don't think that. Yeah. You know, I can't see Roger Goodell coming out and being like, "Well, it turns out Bilicek said this." Right. No, it would be especially Goodell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if anybody, that's the one. The closest thing like we had was Silver. was Adam Silver with uh, yes. with the Clippers owner, and that was recorded. Yeah. There, yeah. there was no way if that wasn't recorded, we would have known what he said. I'm sure. Correct. With all the money that the, especially the Crafts, like the Crafts are one of the richest owners uh, in all leagues. You, you don't really mess with them. They're like the mob. Um, I'm probably going to be off the show now, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, let me read you Bruce's statement. Uh, I also want to thank everyone. Uh, sorry, did I miss a line? I did. Um, to begin, I would like to thank Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft for providing me with the opportunity over four years ago. In my time with the revolution, we had much success, and it truly has been a direct reflection of the, all the support the organization has provided me. In particular, I want to thank all the players, coaches, and staff at the revolution, as everyone has provided me outstanding service and done a terrific job to help me elevate the club to get where it is today. I also want to thank everyone in the soccer community for, or at large for tremendous support during the last uh, six weeks. The investigation has been hard and a difficult process for me and my family, but hearing from many who have been part of my career truly has been gratifying and has helped make this decision easier. Finally, I know that I've made some mistakes and moving forward, I plan to spend some time reflecting on the situation and talking or taking corrective state, sorry, steps to address what has transpired. And while this has not been an easy decision, I'm confident that it is the best interest of both the New England Revolution organization and family um, that we part ways at this time. Bruce went 60-31 with 42 draws, MLS record um, during his tenure. He's got the most wins in MLS history, Jordan. He has steered the revolution to a uh, single season points record with 73 and a Supporter Shield title. I think the only thing that was missing from his time with the revolution, Jordan, was the MLS Cup. But as we reflect and nobody on Bruce's brought them time, one of those. So, I mean, <laughs> right. you can't even fault him for that. Right. So as we reflect on the words from Bruce Arena, Jordan, the career of Bruce Arena, I know you said that it would probably be very difficult for him to want to try to submit something to commissioner and maybe the commissioner having a harder time. Do you see Bruce ever getting back into this coaching realm or you think maybe there's an opportunity elsewhere that he takes? I wouldn't be shocked if Greg gives him a call. I would not. I don't know why I feel like Greg Berhalter would be somebody that would reach out to him. Maybe because, again, uh, Greg Berhalter knows all about second chances and, and making the most of those. Yeah. Maybe a perfect marriage, maybe not. I know it's probably just bouncing things off the wall, but I just can't see Bruce Arena hanging it up. I mean, he used to coach college. I could see him doing that. I could see him doing a yeah. USL. I mean, if you could get somebody, if you could get a USL championship to offer him something that's good money, uh, I could see him maybe doing that. Um he told the extra time guys at one point that he would do a podcast. There you go. <laughs> the the issue you would have though, right, is anybody that hires him will have to answer questions about yes. this. I think it's easier to retire. Now, this is not the way that he wanted to retire, I'm sure. I think he's right that the best thing to do was to step down just because it was a constant question at that point. And it's like, you know what? Forget it. Uh, I'm going to move on. 
even though they probably just told him, hey, if you resign, it'll look better than if we fire you, uh, which is what I assume. But I think that if he... I, I Like, it sucks because he, he has so many, you know, winningest coach, right? So many MLS Cup trophies. We can't even really celebrate it right now when he steps away because it's under this cloud of uncertainty. And the biggest shock of them all, Jordan, I think, to, to fans that don't know, or if you're a Western Conference team, or you just didn't know where the revs sit, it's not like this is a team that was in turmoil that was falling apart at the seams and, you know, there was uh, upheaval in the locker room. The New England Revolution were sitting second before this weekend took place. They are third currently in the Eastern Conference. They've got 48 points. They're just in reach of Orlando. They could pass Orlando. Orlando's got a pretty tough stretch coming up. New England's got a really good team, a solid team. Uh, I know a lot of the players talked about it. I think they, I want to say uh, it was Romney that spoke about it, or maybe it was, I think it was Romney. Um, they asked him, um, they asked one of the players uh, what they felt as far as Bruce, and they said, hey, we got to, uh, we got a good team here. I think, no, it might have been Kessler. Um, but they said, we've got a good team here. All the pieces are here to still compete. Jordan, I ask you, do you think that this Revs team really does have a chance in the Eastern Conference? They are third. They've got home field advantage in the first round for sure. Um, no. Do you think that this. I'll cut you no. Out there. <laughs> no, I don't because I think that this is going to be the obstacle too much to overcome. I think if everything went fine and Bruce was still here, and none of this happened, I could see more of a chance. But I th- just think this, plus losing uh, Petrovic, is just you know, it's just a little too much. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is one of those things where there's a lot of times, what's a player supposed to say, right? We're, well, gosh, we're going to think about Bruce every day. Um, yeah, you're not going to get that out of a player. Henry Kessler or whoever it was that was saying it, you know, Kudos to them. That's good leadership. You want to get the guys believing, hey, we've still got this. Now, you can see a rally. Sometimes this happens where they have a good little spurt here, but I just don't think it's sustainable over the next couple of games, especially as they get into the playoffs. Bruce Arena, like you said, Jordan, it wasn't like he was a slouch coach that this was just inevitable. Like, hey, it's okay. We get rid of him. Yes, they bring in Tab Ramos. Yes, he's got MLS experience. Do I think that he's going to get along with the head coach? No, because he's got head coach experience. I think the Revolution 2 coach isn't really prepared for that in the interim. Might be a good coach, might not be. Don't know too much about Revs 2. But, again, I think there's too much there. I think there's too much going on with the crafts. People are going to, They're going to constantly be asked questions, right? We, we talk about this all the time. That is so detrimental to a culture and a, you know, a locker room. I honestly could see a lot of these players leaving after this, Jordan. I, I could see well, they, they them brought in so many respect. due to Bruce. Bruce yeah. was also like the GM, right? right? I mean, yeah, sporting yeah. director. He's the one that signs him. <laughs> they're going to lose so many people. So many of the players he brought in had like prior experience with Bruce. There are bloodlines established, uh, and those bloodlines are about to get cut off. And like you said, they're not young players. Uh, they'll go play and. There's a lot of people, man. I, if I'm if I'm the rest of the league, I'm looking at that roster, going, "Oof, I'm hungry. I want some of those players." I think Dewan Jones is pretty much a solid. He's gone. Um, I think he'll go to Europe. I think Carlos Heel is somebody that could be, you know, he might have respected Bruce the whole ton. Um, and again, like you said, it's different if you had a coach in sporting. Like this was this was everything. He scouts them. He finds them. He signs them. He plays for them. Like it. it this is this is a mess. Uh, this is not a good situation in New England. So 
All right, let's move on. Um, Jordan will talk. Let's go through the results. I don't think we have any more big storylines that I can think of. Um, but we can kind of go through the results of the last weekend. We'll talk a little bit about um, these results. I know we missed the, the week before, so we'll just catch up on this. And then we'll go through the standings. And then, Jordan, I'll ask you at the end some surprises, some thoughts that you have on the standings. Where are we looking? We've got about seven games left, roughly average. Um, for these teams, and I'll ask you kind of what your thoughts are going forward, and maybe big winners, big losers of this week uh, and the week, weeks coming. Um, so we do have some midweek games, but we'll do that after I ask your thoughts. Jordan, we had the uh, Hudson River Derby. It was awful. Yep, it was um, if anybody saw highlights, <laughs> zero to zero. Jordan, I was listening to Extra Time. They said this was the worst season that both of these teams have ever had collectively together. Yes. Do you agree on that one? <laughs> Okay, I just want to get your thoughts because like I haven't been watching enough to know, but I'm sure you do know, and I'm sure this is probably the worst year they've. There was played. like Hudson River Darbies that had like finished seven to two. This is this is <laughs> awful, and both of these teams suck. They're in twelfth and thirteenth place. <laughs> you know what? This wasn't even like a thought that crossed my mind of like, ooh, Hudson River Derby this weekend. It was like. A last minute thought as I'm watching Atlanta, Miami to be like, oh, a Hudson River Derby this week <laughs> in Yankee Stadium, too. Yikes. Talk about yikes. Next two games, Jordan, on my slate are uh, <laughs> FC Charlotte. Um, uh, are they FC Charlotte? Charlotte, Charlotte FC. FC yeah. um, sorry. <laughs> they don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. Um, Charlotte FC, Jordan, in DC United, nil nil. Montreal and Chicago, nil-nil. Um, Jordan, that helped Miami tremendously. They all collected one point. They all sit above them as they're trying to chase them down. Um, sorry for uh, NYCFC and the Red Bull. I just don't think you're getting back into it. Um, but those four teams, Jordan, are on the cusp. They're like playing do-or-die football right now, yeah. and all four of them <laughs> drew uh, with each other, uh, which is absolutely wild. Uh, Miami, you couldn't have picked a better week to lose, I think. And again, we skipped that game just because we had talked about it earlier. Yeah. Atlanta beat Miami 5-2. Uh, so, yeah, I'll ask you your thoughts on the standings as we get to them. Um, but Orlando, Jordan, we're down 3-1 to one against Columbus Crew at home. Go figure. Orlando squandering another one at home and letting their playoff hopes die as Not far this as year. no just kidding we're just kidding we uh good turnaround jordan four to three uh orlando comes back and wins it after being down three one um that's probably one of the best games i'd seen orlando play philadelphia cincinnati draw two two and yeah, the philadelphia derby <laughs> two red cards um i guess uh, jordan i'll ask you i'll ask you this one uh do you feel good about the two two draw i know it's in subaru did you feel no, like because we had a two nil lead? Uh, so now I don't. Um, okay. I get that since he's top of the league, but we had a two nil draw. I forget when it became two two because we had a we were a man up for a bit before Philly got their uh, red card. Um, Forty ninth minute, so at half. So eighty eighty third minute, which is right after they scored, they got a red card, mm -hmm. and yeah. we played. I think eight minutes of stoppage time or something. So you had so much time to try to find that winner and, and couldn't, and then you get a red card in the 90 plus four, you know? So yeah, I don't really feel great about it. I guess at the end of the day, you're like, well, we didn't, you know, lose to the best team in the league, but 
you know, you've lost ground. You're in fourth place. You could have gotten within eight of Cincinnati. You could be where Orlando is if you won that game uh, or close to it, right? You'd be at 49 points. Um, so, uh, yeah, it kind of sucks because they're bordering losing fourth place if the crew keep playing well. Uh, now, Union have a game in hand, so maybe not as much of a worry. But, you know, you want the home playoff game. Jordan, the battle for Canada, the Great White North, uh, the team that we didn't think would be the the best team in Canada is the best team in Canada. Uh, Jordan, Vancouver sits fourth, just a point behind Seattle, um, which I think is wild to say because we, you and I, I think I remember this conversation like three or four weeks in, we're like, Vancouver is really bad. Like, yeah. We're like talking historically bad. This could be the wooden spoon. They're sitting fourth. And with a chance to grab third place, yes, the West is weak. We know. But this turnaround by Vancouver has been very impressive. They beat Toronto 2-1. Toronto continues to be the worst team I've ever seen play soccer. Um, Since Miami last year. Yeah. Yeah, since Miami last year. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Speaking of uh, some new blood, uh, Seattle beats or sorry beats ties they drew with dallas 1-1 jordan seattle's getting a new logo that has been confirmed do you remember the date that you the said 26 oh, 26 people okay. that are insiders apparently said it's more of a refresh that the space needle is still prominently featured and the colors are changed bre- like a little bit so it may not okay. be a huge change uh, which is good because i think this is one of the best mm-hmm. brands and it's also yep a very popular brand. This is a winning team. This has been a team that's won so much. I would not mess with this. Yeah. Uh, sitting in a good spot third in the West, and we'll talk about Yeah, I watched a bit of this thing. game. Uh, I got to see Roldan's goal to equalize it. Um, yeah, it was, good. it was good. Dallas has been a disappointment. but Yeah, they, they've not played as well. Eleven. Um, uh, yeah, they've fallen all the way down to 11th, and they were a team, I think, sitting third at one yeah. point. Um, and I had yeah, them as good. like a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, you and I both, I think. I think they were, we, we had them as getting a lot better. I think we um, had them like third well, or fourth, right? Like, yeah, I think we did. Something third like and second. Ugh. It's third and second, yikes. <laughs> Look at that Austin yeah. guess by you there. Yeah, right. Oh, dear. Uh, Houston, St. Louis, uh, again, St. Louis still lead the West one, one draw against Houston. Did you see the goal from Houston? Yes. Yes. Very good. Unbelievable. Yeah, very good. Build up. Yeah. Hector Herrera, uh, with a beautiful pass, a little, little one touch back to, I think it's bossy that scored. So, um, what a great finish, uh, great goal. Uh, and again, St. Louis, I think dropping points here and there, left and right. But again, you can do that. There's still six so up on LAFC. <laughs> LAFC nuts. has a game in hand, but I mean, like yeah. with all the draws and losses that St. Louis has yep. piled up in the second half of the season, they've only, yep. they've still only drew four times. But uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising that they're still top of the league. Houston doing yeah. pretty well too. Look, they're only one point away from fourth, and if they if they get a win. They can jump up as high as second where LAFC is right now. So, Jordan, one thing I want to circle, highlight, you said it. Um, you can tell a team is an expansion team when you look into the draw column. <laughs> if you look into the draw columns of an expansion team, it's never good. The numbers are they're like it's an annihilation of numbers. They have 15 wins, but they've also lost 10 times. They've only drew four yeah. times. I'm looking at the West, and they're a weak 
there's a weak dip, or side of the conference. Like the next team that is drawn let is Austin. And that kind of shows you like Austin's not very good. Um, and they don't collect points. Like that well, the just, good news is right. We, like you don't want, you don't want ties. Right. So like the fact that they no. have 15 wins is great. Like, right. That's three more than yes. LA. Right. Yep. It's the, the losses need to be converted into draws to make yes. them even better. <laughs> right. Like they would yes. be, they have the most points per game too. Like, so this is not just yeah. like a fluke, you know, they're doing pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Don't go down. You won't draw um, is what my, my point mm-hmm. was going to be. It's just, it feels like if they're going to get behind in a game, it's not going to go well. Um, so again, one, one draw. Uh, you do have uh, SKC playing Minnesota SKC um, loses or sorry, wins that one. In Minnesota, I can't yeah. in Minnesota in the great white North. Very cold. Um, is it cold up there yet? It should be right. It's getting colder. Ask Jack. It's colder you guys. Jack, is it colder up there? Um, Jordan, they sit eighth. The loons do. Um, not really points. They should have dropped there. Uh, it's a pretty big, uh, pretty big. Talk loss about there. a consistent team. Nine wins, <laughs> nine losses, ten draws. They are uh, pretty consistent. Pretty darn consistent indeed. Medium. Um, you know who else is very consistent, but not so consistent in what they're doing uh, in this game. Colorado wins 2-1. There's uh, some points there dropped. Uh, New England, unfortunately, uh, at the hands of the Colorado That's Rapids, how you know it's a bad week for a Revolution. They lose to the worst team <laughs> in the league, maybe. They're, they're, yeah. they're tied on points with Toronto. But, uh, yeah. 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 It's bad, Jordan. It's real bad uh, in both those places. I can't imagine being a fan. Um, Colorado Jordan also had uh, a bunch of their supporter section walk mm-hmm. out in the middle of the game. Did you see yeah. that? That was wild. Um, two sections completely emptied out during the game. That's not a good look. Uh, it it really is, man. Robin Frazier was fired. Yeah, trying to make changes. Uh, that's right? the last thing. Yes, major changes are coming. Luckily, I think the Rapids are in a much better space than, say, their, I guess, rival across the mountains uh, in RSL. When RSL was rebuilding, they were building culture. It was a very much a culture thing. I think this one, in the deep roots of it, Colorado doesn't want to spend a whole lot of money. Their ownership, not great. I think that's where the frustration lies. But I do think they are capable of bouncing back when they do find uh, some of those players to kind of build on. Because, I like, they were a good team a couple years ago. Like, they were one of the best teams in the West. So, I don't think the they're too far yeah, off from what they years do. ago. Yeah, and they seem to usually get good young talent. Like that's what they're built off of. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not too down on Colorado, even though they're really bad this year. I do think their their road to recovery is probably a little bit better than some of the other teams um, that we've looked at in the last couple of years. LAFC Jordan win um, the wonderful goodness. Um, <laughs> I can't think of it. El Traffico, El Traffico, yeah. Thank you. I was like, what? I'm blanking on. I'm going to call them traffic lights. Um, El Traffico. This is when I turned uh, on. I had to step yeah. away. All right. I think I went to the bathroom, showered, grab a snack or whatever. I did something. I come back from nil nil to two one. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I missed I missed three goals in ten minutes. Uh oh, I took the dog out, I think is what it was. Um, you know, and I'm like, oh, what's the chances I'm going to miss three goals in 10 minutes? So I take the dog out, come back in. Yeah. Uh, to 2-1. But finishes 4-2. And uh, El Trafico brings the goals every single year. 
Yeah, it really doesn't matter how bad they are, right? I think, uh, well, it doesn't matter how bad LA yeah, Galaxy, how bad Galaxy are, are. Yeah. that year. <laughs> it's never LA. I've seen it's bad. Um, so it never been, it never really matters, Jordan. And Jordan, we talked about we've talked about the Red Bull. We talked about NYCFC. We talked about the Rapids, Toronto. LA Galaxy, Jordan, are in that same category. They're in 30 points right now. They don't look good. We've talked about this extensively just because of the Chris Klein stuff. But, man, it just feels like they're not that bad. They're not that bad? No, I mean, like. Well, they're not that. They're not Toronto, Let's think about it this way. They were so (laughs) bottom for a while. Yeah. It was embarrassing, right? Now they're eight points up on Colorado. I mean, if we're going to say Miami's good, they still have more points than Miami, right? Like, I know it's like a new Miami. But Galaxy only needs six points to make the playoffs right now. Um, I don't think they'll get there. But my point is, like, it, they, they've definitely improved from where they were at the beginning of the season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was a lost cause. If I'm them and I see I have a chance with uh what seven games to go and we only need six points i'm feeling pretty i'm feeling pretty good uh it sucks they had to face the galaxy i mean the lafc but i'm curious i gotta look at the rest of their schedule now uh because i'm very curious on how many games they have like and who they're facing do they have a reasonable chance to maybe pull this off. Uh, it's MLS, so of course they do, right? But they have Minnesota next to, who knows, right? That one's a toss-up. They have Austin, who's as bad as they are. They have Portland, who's in the playoff spot, but that's good because that's the team they're six points off of. So they might, that's a swing, six-point swing there. And then they'll have Seattle, who can be tough, but also Seattle at times have been a little poor. They have Minnesota again. They have RSL, who's been good. And then they have Dallas, who's not. Like, there's a real chance that decision day, LA Galaxy is in the hunt. I don't think they get it, but they, they don't have a strong schedule at the end here. Yeah, I, I, looking above them, uh looks like Portland and... Portland really in Sporting Kansas City. Um, both of them have won three of their last four. Um, they look to be very solid. So Portland and Sporting Kansas City sit 10th, 9th, hovering around that yeah. cutoff line. It, it would so be something like Minnesota be... falling out, yeah. uh, probably, that would get them yes. over the line. Minnesota's been. Oh, could you imagine? Minnesota has been hot and cold. You know, Pookie scored for them. They had a good Leagues Cup at times, and then it was you know, kind of recently, I feel like have been, I don't know when I just look at their games that they don't ever wow me. Um, like they drew with new England. They drew with San Jose. The last win they had is against Colorado. Who's bottom, right? Uh, the last, and before that was against NYCFC, who's not great. So, like I said, there's a chance. LA Galaxy faces them twice. They also face Portland, like teams above them that they need to beat. So, hopefully, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you're not feeling too defeated right now, the way Austin fans are, even though they're still in the hunt here. 
Yeah, just looking at the West, it does speak to just how weak they are. Six of the best seven teams in the league currently, as it stands, are in the Eastern Conference. Cincinnati, Orlando City, uh, the Rebs, Philadelphia, Columbus, and Atlanta are all better than LAFC, who are sitting second in the Western Conference. St. Louis the only team that would be anywhere close to these teams wow. in the Eastern Conference. Um, LAFC does have that game in hand, so they can get back in that mix. So that would ultimately mean six of the best eight teams. And this whole league, Jordan, are residing in the Eastern Conference. So it's That's different for Eastern sure, Conference, right? That's, that's totally yes. different from other seasons. <laughs> Yes, especially because like last year we talked about how goofy the East was, yeah. like how bad the East was. Well, around yeah, that last line. year's East is what this year's West is. It's just like yes. jumble. Yeah, um, and like you said, Jordan, I was looking at the Galaxy, going, "Gosh, they're poor." They are, but everything up above them hasn't been much better. That's how bad it is. I mean, I'm talking from San Jose RSL Dynamo down. You could eat. Oh my gosh! Like that is, <laughs> it's so bad. It is really bad. Um, so I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm too excited to watch the Western Conference. To be honest with you, Jordan, I think St. Louis and LAFC are heavy favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else is going to happen. Maybe Seattle surprises us. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, Eastern Conference definitely uh, the stronger conference this year. Uh, a couple more. Jordan uh, San Jose does beat RSL. They get two early goals. And that was pretty much all they needed. They held on to win against RSL. That's a big win. They both sit up against each other, 6th and 7th RSL. Sits 6th, San Jose sits 7th. They're both equal, 40 points. But that being said, uh, RSL does get the advantage because I think they have more points per game. Um, So that is why they, I think, are right. Is that how MLS says? I can't remember how they do tiebreakers. I think it's, is it that? Tiebreakers goes total number of wins first. Does it? Yes. It says okay, it on the so standings. that would make sense. Uh, Got it. 11. And then goal differential per match after that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I, I forgot how they had, and especially because I think they, they changed that. They incentivize wins. That... Yeah. They've changed yeah. it probably in the last five years or something. I don't yeah. know. They used to do goal okay. differential. Then they changed it. That's what I thought. And the last game, Jordan, Portland beats Austin 2-1. to one. Now, I'll give you the standings, Jordan, and then we'll kind of pick out maybe a team that you're most shocked by and maybe a team that people are sleeping on since we've already talked about how bad teams are. So let's do that. Most shocked by and a team that you're looking out for as far as heavy favorites. Let's do that. Um, Okay, so Cincinnati first in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you got Orlando in second, the Revs in third, Philadelphia in fourth, Columbus Crew in fifth, Atlanta in sixth, Nashville seventh, Montreal eighth, DC United in ninth, that last playoff spot. And below them, Chicago uh, in 10th, Charlotte in 11th, NYCFC in 12th, Red Bull in 13th, Miami in 14th, and Toronto in 15th. In the Western Conference, we have St. Louis in first, LAFC in second, Seattle in third, Vancouver in fourth, Houston in fifth, RSL in sixth, San Jose in seventh, Minnesota in eighth, Portland in ninth. That's where the playoff cut. And then you've got SKC in 10th, Dallas in 11th, Austin in 12th, LA Galaxy in 13th, and the Rapids rounding it out at the bottom with uh, well, lovely 22 points. Um, both eligible for Wooden Spoon still, Toronto, Colorado. But Jordan, teams that you're, I guess we're seven games out, man. We're in that final stretch. Which team are you highest on right now as we're heading into 
uh, what is the playoff run. So I'll say I'm really surprised by Orlando being second. It felt like I woke up from them being in fifth to second place. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, cause I wasn't watching that game. I was watching the union. So then like mm-hmm. I saw they were losing like three, one, I think it was at that point. And I was like, Orlando, man. And then, <laughs> then I, I think I got a notification about how they won. And then you texted me right after that. I was like, sheesh, that's crazy. Uh, team I'm keeping my eye on, even though they just lost to Orlando, is still Columbus. They're only two points off of Philly. If they can get a home field game, like I said, I, I, I've been kind of high on them. Uh, and a team I'm kind of not high on right now is New England. I, it, you lose to Colorado. Uh, you have all this upheaval. I could see them dropping out of the, the home field. Honestly, they're, they're three points, right, from falling out of the home field advantage. So... Uh, depending on how they want to respond, um, that's it for the East. For the West, what I'll say is, I guess I'm kind of surprised by Vancouver for sure, right? Uh, they kind of snuck up there, I felt like. Uh, and it didn't take much to sneak up there, right? Like, if we minus out the three points that they just had from winning, they would have 38, and they probably were closer to like seventh. But because of the way that the West is bunched up, they win those three points, they jump all the way up to fourth, right? Even if you look at Houston, Salt Lake, San Jose, if they win three points, they're going to move all the way up to like third. There's a lot of space for maneuverability here. And I say team to look out for, I've been saying it for weeks, Houston. I'm still kind of bullish on Houston. I think that they can maybe make that leap, maybe get a home playoff game. We'll see. And a team I'm kind of, I'll just say like disappointed by, obviously, is a team like Dallas, who I thought was going to be a lot better this year. And they're currently in 11th. They're only one point out of a playoff spot, but I mean, they've been in a playoff spot for so long and fallen out now. It's, uh, it's not looking good. Yeah. I'll quickly run through mine. Uh, Cincinnati again. I, I, I like the fact that even though the union didn't play their best game to hold on to that two nil lead, I still think Cincinnati clawing back in it, in a really tough environment, they're not really going to have to go in a tough environment because they're going to win. They're going to win supporter shield. They're going to take over the Eastern conference. They'll win home field advantage. Sure. And they're 12, one and one at home it means they don't lose. It means they don't draw. It means they just win at home. And now they've kind of secured that spot. It would take something pretty miraculous because both they Orlando and new England sit with 28 games played. Philly could kind of sneak back in if they win the game. They're kind of even with Orlando. So Orlando technically, Philly could technically mathematically fit back in. I just think Cincinnati's too good. Six games in that window is really tough to catch up. They would need Cincinnati to drop really far down for them to catch them. If Cincinnati gets home field advantage, Jordan, I don't like the way that that looks for the Eastern Conference. So that's the most high that I have, they clinched the playoff spot. They're the only team that have clinched the playoff spot in MLS right now. And they team will obviously think... have home field advantage. Uh, they're not dropping, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, team that uh, I am most uh, surprised by, or I guess is like a dark horse kind of thing. I have to agree with you. I think that Columbus is that team. Columbus will concede goals. That is not a shock. Um, they do not defend like uh, the top four teams in the Eastern Conference who defend very well. 
they're kind of that middle of the pack bunch, maybe even struggle a little bit to defend at times. Uh, and they give up goals in bunches. That's where I would have a hard time picking them as somebody who'd be a team to kind of run off one of the top four, unless it was new England. So I'm thinking they're kind of hoping Philly catches new England. Cause I don't know if that Philadelphia is where they really want to end up. I think Columbus wants to get to new England. So I think a four or five matchup is what they're hoping for. So they can get uh, the revs because they're just in turmoil. I think anybody wants the revs at this point. Uh, it's like blood the water um so i think that's where i'm going and then again i think the most disappointing for me um i gotta say it's been toronto all year i know they're sitting wooden spoon but man they're really high expectations that expectations that bob bradley was going to take them to the next level bob bradley's no longer there this team seems to be gutting uh the rest of the squad seems like that there are going to be a lot of changes a lot of turnover I'm not really sure where Toronto's headed in the next couple of years. Um, I think they've got a good coach, um, but I think that it's going to take a lot of rebuilding. They need some youth. Western. At least they're also a team that uh, they'll spend money usually too. So that's 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 true. Yeah, and they're a big city. That's a big draw in Canada. I know some people like what Toronto. I was like, yeah, Toronto. Toronto's a very desirable city. Um, If you've not read anything about it, and I've never been, but I know a lot of people who love it. Western Conference, I'm pretty darn high, obviously, um, on Vancouver. I, I feel like they've really turned their season around. They're 7-3-4 and four, uh, at home, and I think that if they get home field advantage in that first round, we'll see them in the second round, and then I think crazy things happen, right? I think it's MLS. Crazy things have happened before. Um, I'm really high on Vancouver. really like the way that they're playing. They're defending a lot better. They're better than three-ish of the teams, depending on how AFC does as far as defensively. They've shored up some of the defensive issues they've had in the past. Team that I think is a dark horse. I think Jordan, like you said, Houston, so I think I'm going to piggyback on that one too. Houston is a good team. Um, I wouldn't want to play them. If they get home field advantage, they are a totally different monster as well. 9-2 and 3 at home, which um, is very good in this league. Um, And they actually have the second most home wins. Sorry, tied for the second most home wins in the Western Conference. So Houston will be trying to chase down Vancouver for a home spot because I think that makes them a different team. Uh, they can also catch Seattle and maybe even LAFC if LAFC drops uh, a game. Team that I'm most disappointed in, I'm going to go with Austin. Um, I think Austin, again, uh, and man, Texas is having a rough go at it unless you're Houston. Um, Austin... Again, I think we had such high expectations. You and I had them in the top of the Eastern Conference, right around the top. I think this is just a disaster of a year. Wolf out is <laughs> trending again. Um, I don't know what happens. And Jordan, I, I sent you a tweet that was like, you know, ownership needs to go. The manager needs to go. This team's the bottom dweller. Like, this is not a good team. I don't know what they're doing. Sell the club. I don't know where that sentiment's coming from. This is like their third year in the league. I don't understand what all of the uh, angst is about. I get it, right? You want to win. You want to be competitive. But you had a really good bounce back year. This is just kind of a letdown year. You bounce back. You're going to spend money. They love to spend money. They're good at scouting players. I don't really know why they're so angry. I get the passion in behind it, but let it it grow. They lost their sporting director. (laughs) <laughs> right with the Reina stuff. Right, <laughs> that's I true. I mean, you got to give it a little bit of time. Uh, they've just brought somebody in, right? Uh, former what Man City, right? Now you just have to. Now you just have to let it go. Let it, you know, see how it goes. 
All right, I think that's it, Jordan. Unless you got anything else, um, or sorry, do you want to? Sorry, we want to go through the match of the week. Uh, um, we don't have to, to do that, Saturday. but let's just say there's a full okay. slate on Wednesday. Then we have games on Saturday and Sunday. I'll just shout out one that you already talked about. Orlando, Miami is on Sunday at seven thirty. That might become a huge rivalry now. You also have, um. You know, uh, Messi may be partaking in that. Saturday, we have a rematch of MLS Cup with Philly and LAFC. That's free, by the way, on Apple TV. Uh, the Orlando-Miami game is not free, but it's also on FS1. Uh, so you have some options there. Um, so just two that I want to shout out, uh, shout out to just, you know, those are pretty big games. They also feature both of our teams, so. I'll shout out one on Wednesday. You do have St. Louis playing LAFC in the top of the Western Conference battle. That is 8.30 p.m. Apple TV on the season pass. It is not a free game. So definitely check out that game if you want to see two of the best teams in the Western Conference, which would be the fourth and fifth best team. And if, guess what? Good luck for you. If you want free games on Wednesday, you get blessed None, with right? Charlotte, Philly, Columbus, Chicago, D.C., Atlanta, Montreal, Cincy, New York, and Austin, and Salt Lake and Dallas. So all the premier games are free. Uh, Jordan, I think they're actually paying people to watch the Red Bull and Austin game. <laughs> I'll be sending in my bill for them to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So awesome. Well. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Stateside Soccer Show. Jordan, you can follow us. Like everybody can follow us at the Stateside Soccer Show Twitter. I already do follow you can look us up on YouTube. Yeah, good. Uh, listen to our podcast. Make sure to give it likes, subscribe, thumbs up on YouTube, rate us over on iTunes, and Spotify, uh, Apple now. Podcast, and Spotify now. Allows so that way people rate. can find us. Right. So Jordan will be back, hopefully hosting, uh, because uh, I feel like I talk a lot uh, and Jordan's better. So <laughs> thanks for listening, uh, and we hope to see you guys next week.